don't pretend to know everything and be prepared to learn every day. If you're not learning every day, then you're probably not in the right space. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Brittany Moore. Today, I'm super excited to be talking to Todd Bidwell about transforming a business to unlock potential. Todd is a 30-plus year finance executive with a demonstrated history of working in the defense, retail, hospitality, and fintech space. He has a diversified background running global finance organizations in manufacturing, supply chain, services, software development, information technology, and R&D. When not working, Todd enjoys spending time with his wife on the ski slopes in the winter or hanging out in their backyard by the pool in the summer months. Todd, I'm super excited to have you today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brittany. Happy to be here. Wonderful. So to kick it off, um, my first question for you today is, I'm hoping, you know, can you throw some light on your experience running business units, specifically around your stint within defense contracting? Sure. I think the first thing that comes to mind, Brittany, is it's intense. Um, Now, I, I was fortunate because I typically was able to surround myself with some very, very talented and exceptionally smart people. But I think the best word to describe it is it's intense. Um, it's complicated. There, there's a, a, a piece of precision that, that is, is embedded inherently just because of, of what you're doing. Um, for example, is, is you're trying to do something for in, in the government space, the very first and most important thing is, have you been authorized to perform that work? And if not, you probably shouldn't be doing it because you're at significant risk to not getting paid. Um, I think the, you know, the other big piece around it is, you know, there's not a lot of room for error, right? You, 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 the government's asking you to do something. You have to understand exactly what they're asking you to do, and you have to execute basically exactly what they're asking you to, to execute on. Nothing more, nothing less. I think the big for the lack of a better word, uh, slogan in, in the whole defense contracting space really is is make sure that you're doing exactly what's asked. And I remember when I first started working at Lockheed, I had maybe been on this contract for, for two months. And there was this older gentleman um, at the time who was a long-term defense contract person. He had spent many years at Lockheed. Before that, he'd worked for Motorola. And and we were talking about charging and, and how you charge your time, because that's extremely important in the government space. And what he said to me was, make sure that as you do this, you charge what you work and you work what you charge. And it really didn't make sense at the time. And I, I had to think about what he said. But basically what he was saying is, if, if this is what you're, you're supposed to be doing, just make sure that's what you're doing and you're charging that time accordingly. I think at the end of the day, though, Brittany... It was, those were probably some of the best eight plus years of my life. I felt I was doing something bigger than myself. It was a passion of, of mine. And, and to be honest, I do miss it. I wouldn't be surprised if some point here in the, in the future, I end up back in that space uh, before I end my career. But I think if, if I had to sum it up in, in one word, uh, intense is probably the best word I would use to describe it. 
I love that. It's so interesting because I think it's an industry that a lot of us don't have the opportunity to work in. So it's great to hear your perspective and and is really, I think, insightful um, and good descriptive word of what it would be like. When it comes to business transformation, whether it's in, you know, the defense sector or one of the other industries that you work in, where does one start? And when you're starting, how do you think about translating a broad business strategic initiative, maybe into unit level goals? Sure. So I think in transformation is a pretty broad word, right? But if you look at it from an actual business transformation effort, the first and most important thing to consider is what kind of transformation are you going to execute? And, and in my mind, there's there's really three basic types of transformation. There's financial, there's operational, and there's strategic, right? And, and generally speaking, they're pretty mutually exclusive. So, so for example, financial, right? Financial basically is do what you do today, but do it at a lower cost. Operational. Operational is, is do the same thing, the same business. You're just doing it a little bit differently. And, and one of the best examples I found on this as I was putting my thoughts together is, is Netflix, right? So if you think about Netflix, many years ago, Netflix used to send out DVDs. Netflix is probably completely out of the DVD business and now 100% into streaming. So, so that would be an example of an operational transformation. And then the third type that I mentioned is strategic. And that really is changing the very essence of what you do, right? And, and a great example of that would be Amazon moving from a retailer to a cloud computing company. Completely different um, uh, day-to-day functions, right? So it, it's, it's, a very, it, it's absolutely different than what they do today. Shipping goods to, to people's homes. Um, by the way, the Amazon driver was here three times today, but don't tell anybody. And then moving to a, a cloud computing where they're hosting people's data in, in, a, in a, a, a cloud environment. And then if, if, if that, once you decide which of those three you're going to be doing, then how are you going, what, what is it you want to do and how are you going to measure success, right? So what are your benchmarks? So let's use financial, for example, because I've, I've had a little bit of experience in the financial transformation side. The first thing is you want to assess what are the gaps, right? So, so for example, let's say that, that I want to, I'm concerned that my SGNA is is more costly than my competitors, right? So let's say I go out and I look at my competitors' filings and releases and their SGNA is 7% of total revenue and mine is 10%. So my goal is to reduce my SGNA spend. So I understand what I'm going to do. Then I have to develop a plan to go do it. And there's, there's a couple of things that are very important in that plan. Number one is how much, right? So exactly what am I, how much am I going to, to do to execute on my transformation effort? And then the second piece is time bound, right? When do I want to have this done? Then you have to develop um, a, a process by which you execute and then measure on a regular frequency, how are you performing against what you said you were going to do? And the probably the most important thing in any transformation effort is everybody shares, and I'll put this in quotation marks, the investment in what's 
going to happen in the future of the company, right? If, if it's reducing SGNA, if it's streamlining operations, right? If, if it's a financial transformation, by definition, you're taking cost out of the, the company. Everybody has to be committed to do that. If you have some people that are executing and others that aren't, it, it, it's not going to work. So it's an all or nothing. It's such an interesting take. And I think when you describe transformational, I think a lot of, A, I think it's a buzzword. Um, everyone's going through some type of transformation and you hear digital transformation or, you know, a move to the cloud or things along those lines. But I think breaking it out into financial, operational, strategic is a good way to, to think about it. Do you think just from your experience or your take, is there one that's most challenging for a company to go through or most fun for a go company to go through? Yeah, that's a really good question, um, uh, Brittany. I, I think the strategic is probably the most challenging because you're essentially reinventing what you're doing today into something different, right? I mean, Amazon is is very good as a retailer in terms of making it convenient for us to order and, and have shipped right to our houses, essentially whatever we want to get. But taking that business acumen and the processes and things that they've developed as a retailer and a distributor and trying to translate that into a cloud computing company, they're very different business models, right? So I think strategic is probably the most challenging. Um, financial, I mean, for the lack of a, of, of a, I don't know, I'm sure people would disagree with me. I think financial is probably the easiest because at the end of the day, you're reducing cost, right? And, and as you do that by default, you're either not leveraging as many third parties for things that you do, or you've gone back and negotiated different cost terms with your suppliers, or you, you have to remove people from, from the island, right? And that's just an effort of execution. Um, so in my mind, the financial piece is probably the easiest. I think the strategic piece becomes the most complicated. That makes sense. I think I would agree as well. Financial might be a hard decision for a company to make um, if it involves, you know, cutting costs um, or people, but maybe, you know, not as big of a lift as a huge shift in business um, as a strategic one might be. Yeah, financial transformations aren't fun. I mean, it. there's nothing easy about them, right? Even though you've been a part of a lot of them, yeah, they, they aren't. And they're tough, right? And, and you're impacting people's livelihoods and things. And it, it's just not, I, I, I mean, for the lack of a better phrase, it's, it's just not fun. That brings me to my next question, because I would assume with a financial transformation, operational or strategic, there's going to be shift and change in personnel and teams. And so when you think about rebuilding a team, whether it's because you've gone through this big, you know, business transformation or, you know, it's another reason that a business may be undergoing some type of change, what kind of individuals do you look for? Are there particular traits or attitudes um, that's highly valued in a circumstance such as like kind of rebuilding a team or starting from the ground up? Sure. I think in, in just one last point on, on transformation, right? And, and this kind of will we'll segue into the your next question. Communication is key, right? You have to over communicate on what you're doing. And, and I, I can't stress that enough. If you think you've communicated enough, you probably haven't. It over communication is key. But as, as you look at that, right, and, and you say, okay, you know, I, I need to rebuild my team and, and I need to look at, at 
we did things a certain way and now we have to do things differently. Maybe let me, let me share with you a little bit about my leadership philosophy on this. And I think that'll help draw a corollary to what I look for, for team. Is that fair? Yes, I think that's fair. All right. So, so I think, and, and the first thing is you need to have, you need, need to be very passionate and driven, right? Th- those things you can't teach. They're inherent. You either have them or you don't. I can teach somebody Excel. I, I can teach somebody how to do analytics. I can teach somebody debits and credits, right? Those things you can you can teach somebody. But what you can't teach are people that are passionate, that are driven, and committed to the mission. The second thing is intelligent, right? I hire really smart people, people that are much smarter than me. Um, I look for people that are humble, right? Don't pretend to know everything and be prepared to learn every day. If you're not learning every day, then you're probably not in the right space. The absolute most critical thing is the people on your team. The success is not dependent on the what, but on the who. If you have the right team, you can accomplish almost anything. I look for people that aren't afraid to lean in. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Own the mistake, learn from it, and move on, right? Don't don't dwell on it. Don't, don't you know, I should have this, I should have that. It's easy to Monday morning quarterback what happened, but don't be afraid to, to, to take challenges. Don't be afraid to lean in, and, and certainly don't be afraid to, to stumble and fall. I believe, and I look for people that want to lead from the front, right? I'm never going to ask anybody to do anything I am not going to do first myself. Quitting is not an option, right? If you make mistakes, whatever, like I said, that's fine. But quitting just is not an option. And I guess the the last most important thing is character matters. I love that. I I think whether you're thinking about rebuilding a team, if you're listening to this, or just thinking about hiring or thinking about, you know, looking for a new opportunity, I feel like everything that you just went through resonates, you know be humble, be kind, be passionate and driven, be smart. Like those are all such great attributes um, that I think anybody would hope to hire um, in somebody, whether you're, you know, looking to rebuild a team or not. So I really love your take on kind of how and who you look for when hiring. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I I forgot one thing. And, And this is, this is probably the most important thing is you build out your team. Diversity of talent is absolutely great. You don't want people that think the same. You don't want people that look the same. You don't want people that talk the same and walk the same. You, you need that diversity. Otherwise, you end up, you miss out on, on so many different thoughts and, and, and ways to accomplish things. So, so in my mind, diversity of talent is absolutely critical as you build out any team, regardless of, of what you're trying to accomplish. So I apologize for interrupting you, but I, I, I was remiss in mentioning that. No, absolutely. I think having people with different perspectives and different opinions allows you to see things from like a much bigger view and lens. And then also having people who are willing, likely to, you know, pipe in and voice their opinions and come up with ideas um, so that you're able to see and hear them from everybody on the team. Yeah. And, and Brittany, I, is your, you know, whether you're an experienced leader or somebody new walking into a leadership role, the one thing that you need to take to heart and always remember 
is that you're responsible for everything that happens under your command, okay? Somebody else may have made the, the oops, but at the end of the day, you own that and, and you have to make sure that you understand that you're responsible for that. Which goes, you know, back to your kind of first part when you were talking through this is, you know, you never doing something that you wouldn't, you know, you, what did you say? <laughs> you always being able and willing to do something, you would never ask somebody, you know, to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Um, I think speaks to it, right? Um, of you just taking ownership of the team and ownership of what everybody um, is going to do and leading from the front. Lead from the front, right. When you think about, you know, streamlining operations, um, whether again, it's due to a transformation or rebuilding a team, what is your take on that? Maybe it's from a finance lens or just, you know, an overall business perspective, but moving things digitally, moving parts of the business to other vendors um, or offshoring of situations. Can you talk a little bit about streamlining operations or some examples? Yeah. And there are two very different schools of thought on this, but I I will tell you that what you just mentioned isn't going away, right? The, the labor arbitrage from offshoring is significant. Um, you know, the, the, the digital transformation and, and utilizing digital technologies to, to create, modify business processes, cultures, customer experiences, whatever, to, to meet changing, you know, business or market requirements. I mean, that's, that's here to stay. You know, companies are going to continue to reimage their business in, in the digital age. Um, and and I, I think the pace is probably even going to, to accelerate. There's a few keys, I think, that every organization needs to hold front and center as they look to do these events. Number one, and this is, in my mind, is the single most important key event is never lose sight of the customer. Whatever you do has to be focused and customer-centric. If it's not, you're doing the wrong thing. Number two, it boils down really to three things. People, processes, and technology. Not rocket science. It's nothing new. Those have been there for 100 years. Make sure you understand what you are digitally transforming, right? So if you want to digitally transform some of the manual processes you have today into a digital environment, if you have bad processes today, you're going to transform bad processes into the future, right? So, so you have to make sure you know what you're going out and digitally transforming. Otherwise, you're going to end up with just doing really bad stuff, but just doing it a lot faster. Does that make sense? So, so you know, that it, at the end, make sure that, that you never lose sight of the customer. It, it, again, it's the people, the processes, the technology and if, if you're going to digitally transform something, you better make sure that what you're, you're doing is, is, is really the right thing to be doing in the right way. I don't know. Does that help with the, the discussion on digital transformation at all? No, I think it's really helpful. Um, I think your first point of never losing sight of the customer, um, you know, just being somebody who works with customers on the sales side on a daily basis, I think that really resonates. And then, you know, why go through 
such a big, arduous transformation if the things in place aren't there to help you succeed in that transformation. So thinking about the right people, the right processes, the right technology to really make sure that you're set up for success when you do so. And as you move things offshore, right, recognize what is that doing to your customer interaction, right? If they're customer facing and, and how do you make sure, again, back to the first point, never lose sight of the customer, that you're not creating an environment that makes it more difficult for the customer at the end of the day. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And probably that it doesn't inhibit you know, teams um, from making it more difficult for a customer. Correct. Um, so it all, all boils down to making sure your customers are happy and top of mind, which also probably means, you know, you're um, preemptive to be customers as well. So the next question I have for you is, you know, thinking about a transformational journey, maybe not the most fun part of it, but what are some of like the major hurdles or pitfalls that leaders should be aware of before they embark on such a journey? I think the first thing is, what type of transformation are you doing and making sure you're sticking with that type of transformation, right? Is it financial? Is it operational? Or is it strategic? Don't try to meld one or, you know, more than one of those together or, or don't lose sight of which one you're actually doing. I think the, then what are the, the clear objectives of what you're trying to accomplish. In my example before, we need to reduce SGNA spend from 10% to 3%, right? So, so that's pretty simple in terms of the what I'm trying to do. And then what's your plan to go do that? Make sure you stick to that plan and, and have a very clear metric or yardstick on how you declare victory, right? And then, as I mentioned before, communicate, communicate, and communicate, right? I, I think if, if you if you follow those, I use the word simple, but I don't know that simple is the right word to use on any type of a transformation. But if you follow those those um, those few suggestions, you have a much higher success of your transformation getting to to the, to the end goal than if if you don't. Absolutely, that makes sense. It's kind of you know don't try and boil the ocean. Remember what you know, the key goals were of that transformation and don't try to all of a sudden do it all, um, but strive toward an end goal. So what is, you know, I think you said like that mark of victory or that end goal, what is that KPI you're arching towards? So everybody has kind of something that they're working toward at the end of the day. You said it much better than I did. I don't think so. Not at all. <laughs> Just recapping what you said, but I think it's important. I think at the end of the day, right. KPIs and metrics, um, or everything, and probably even more so in this world of transformation, making sure not only that you have those in place, but probably that they're known by everybody who's involved in the process. So you raise a good point about KPIs, Brittany. I think the most important thing is don't overcomplicate it, right? Don't don't come to the table with 15 or 20 KPIs you're trying to measure. Keep it to the critical few and don't overcomplicate it, right? And I guess the last piece of that is it's never going to be perfect, right? You're just looking to get to, to the right level and try to get to what your target is, but but don't overcomplicate what you're trying to do. I couldn't agree more. I think when you say, you know, do pretty well, like we're never going to be perfect at the end of the day, um, but making sure you're getting to that end goal um, in some way, some way, shape or form. 
Yeah, and there's probably a better way to say that, but I'm kind of a simple guy, so pretty well just kind of works for me. You know, I think sometimes simple is best. I think we all understand it. Let's not not try to overcomplicate things in what's already a very complicated situation of transformation and the world. So <laughs> now to the fun questions, unless there's anything else um, you have to say or last words that you want to say about transformation. No, I think we've kind of beaten it up a little bit, haven't we? Perfect. I love it. So in terms of kind of listeners here, everyone's always looking for what's a good book or podcast newsletter. What do you enjoy um, to read and recommend to the listeners of the Sunnyside Up podcast? Sure. So, I mean, I read the Wall Street every morning, things like that. But if, if you really want to listen to something that is very compelling and, and very motivational, right? And just an absolute fantastic um, uh, if you call it a podcast or a, a YouTube video or whatever, but there's this gentleman, and I know you're surprised. He's a he's a former admiral in the U.S. Navy, right? We're going back to the whole defense side of the equation here. But there's this gentleman. His name is Admiral William McRaven, right? And he did a 2014 commencement address for the University of Texas Austin, and he is talking to the class about change right and how they can influence change and and he's actually a, a very successful very decorated uh, admiral in the navy and he shares some of his life experiences in the navy as a navy seal going through seal training things like that so i would go out and listen to uh, admiral william mcraven's 2014 commencement address at the University of Austin, Texas. Well, that is definitely what I will be listening to tonight. So I'm excited um, to listen to that and hopefully get as amped up as that class probably was listening to it um, as they embarked on their future. In terms of kind of shifting um, just more, you know, people that you respect in the space or you think would be great to bring on the show. Do you have two or three people, um, whether it's like a go-to-market team or a data science team that you would recommend we bring on? Yeah. So I think you've had one on the show already. Um, a guy I've known for many years, his name is Devin Watson. Um, I think he's got a very, you know, compelling, he can tell a very compelling story about, um, you know, digital transformation and, and things that are kind of transcending in the marketplace. I think that there's a gentleman that I used to, to work for. Um, I think he's the COO of a company up in, in Wisconsin now. His name is Frank Natoli, and I can get you his contact information if you'd like. Very smart guy. Probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. I think he would have some, some very interesting thoughts. Those are the two people I can think of off the top of my head. Perfect. Wonderful. And for any of our listeners who would love to chat transformation with you, chat about, um, you know, the defense space, how's the best way that they can connect with you after the podcast? I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if that's the, the best way or not, um, Brittany, but I, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm happy to, to connect with anybody that, that would like to have a, a conversation about transformation or defense contracting or anything else that, that, um, they would like a, my opinion on which, you know, that and a couple of dollars get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I love it. Well, Todd, it was such a pleasure having you on the podcast today. You know, I think if I could just sum it up, 
you know, be humble, be prepared to learn every day, be passionate, be driven, um, lead from the front. I loved all of those examples that you look for um, when hiring people. And I think they're great things to remember as we kind of lead the podcast today. Um, those are all, you know, qualities that we should always driving towards. So I very much appreciate your time, Todd. It was a pleasure. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, Brittany. I, I appreciate meeting you and, and having the conversation. And, and um, I, I really enjoyed uh, spending this 25 or 30 minutes together with you. Wonderful. Me as well. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV. 